and welcome to The Literacy Teacher's Life, a podcast for teachers and parents that gives ideas about how to help our children learn to love reading, writing, and all things literacy. I'm your host, Elizabeth Morphus, a literacy professor and a mom to two elementary-aged girls. Here we'll talk about thoughtful, creative, and realistic ways to navigate literacy learning so that your children will feel supported and seen in their reading and writing. Now, let's get this conversation started. Hello, and welcome to the Literacy Teacher's Life podcast, the podcast for teachers and parents who are helping young readers and writers thrive. I'm your host, Elizabeth Morphus. This is episode six, which is airing at the end of December, just before the new year. Today, I'm going to be talking about setting goals with students for the new year, specifically reading and writing goals. And to help me with that, I am going to speak with one of my former students, Talisa Cantos, who is working as a literacy specialist. So when Talisa was a student in the literacy program where I work, I observed her teach and she did such a remarkable job setting goals with the students she was teaching. I thought it would be great to get some ideas from her. So personally, I love setting goals for myself at the start of each year. It's like a clean slate, and I love that feeling. So I like to do this work with my students as well. All right. So obviously, today's topic on the literacy list is setting reading and writing goals with students. At the beginning of a new year, I like to set goals with students about their reading and writing so that they have something that they want to work towards. These are goals that the students set with me rather than me setting them for the students. I want to give the students agency over what they want to accomplish rather than give them something that I want them to work towards. I find it more motivating when they select what they want to work for. So a couple of things before we begin. Kids don't automatically know how to set goals for themselves. They need to be taught how to do this work. And Talisa is going to do such an amazing job talking about how she teaches kids to set goals for themselves. Also, even our youngest readers and writers can set goals for themselves. They really do know what they want to work towards. I'll give you an example. So I have a five-year-old daughter who is in kindergarten, and she has a very big goal for herself. She wants to be able to write more words without as much assistance or help from me from any other adult, and especially from her older sister. So we wrote this goal, and it's on her desk in her bedroom to remind her that this is what she's working towards this year with her writing. So when she's writing, I make sure to point out the letters of specific words and go over the sounds that they make so that she can learn how to write that particular word and hopefully use these same patterns when she's writing other words with similar spellings. I also point out to her that she's working on her goal of learning to write new words as she's doing this work. I've done this in the classroom as well, but I'm going to save that for my conversation with Talisa. So here we go. Welcome, Talisa. Hi, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Can you begin by telling everyone a little bit about yourself? Sure. So My name is Talisa, and I'm currently a bilingual reading teacher in a K-6 school. So basically, I service the bilingual classes in my building, so they all speak Spanish and English, so I really get to use 
My, their primary language, I get to use Spanish to support in instruction. I push into a kindergarten classroom and I support the classroom teacher during her ELA block by assisting her with literacy centers. And I work with small groups of students from grades one through five, roughly about eight students in my own classroom, working on whatever they need on reading, whether it's phonemic awareness, decoding, comprehension. Great. Thanks. About how many students do you work with? I work with all the grades, kindergarten through fifth grade, and I work with roughly about eight students per grade. Okay, that's great. Oh, you have a nice sizes. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. So today we're talking about goal setting. And last year, when you were still in graduate school and working with the elementary students for the clinic portion of your graduate program, you helped set reading and writing goals with the students you were working with, and you helped them set their own goals, which I thought was so impressive. Can you talk a little bit about how you did this with the students or how you do it now with your current students? Yeah. So to set goals, even now and during graduate classes, like I thought it was really important to start with a definition of a good reader or a good writer, what that definition is for each student. So I made sure to like question the students, see what their definition of a good reader or a good writer was. And then once I understood their definition, it was a lot of reflecting on ourselves as readers and writers and seeing what we considered our own strengths and our own areas of need. And just I really like to put an emphasis on those strengths because as the year goes on, I like to point out those strengths and how all these strengths work together to make you a good reader or a good writer. I like that. I like how you had them identify traits that they saw as good reading or good writing. Yeah. Awesome. So when you set goals with students, what is the purpose of this activity when you do this with kids? So why do you want the students to set the reading and writing goals? Personally, I think it really has to do with my own definition of myself as a teacher. I see myself as a facilitator to them, not as like I'm giving them the answers in life. And especially as a reading teacher, it's very bittersweet because my actual intention in this case is to get these students off of my roster. I want to service them, but I want them to be able to do all this reading on their own. So For me, setting the goal is very important because I want them to be aware of themselves as readers and as writers. Mm -hmm. They can get guidance from me, but in a way, I want them to build that independence so that they're able to assess themselves and reflect on themselves and carry those skills with them anywhere else, whether it's reading or any other subject area. Great. Awesome. All right. So I always appreciated how you let the students set the goals that they wanted to meet. You didn't worry if the goals were on their grade level or not. So can you talk a little bit about why that didn't matter to you? I think initially my own goal, which is what I wanted to instill in all students, is that passion towards reading. Mm -hmm. And if I don't allow students to be a part of the process of their goals, then there's not as much interest. There's no connection. and It's also, for me, reading is not something that has a clear timeline. And the same goes for writing. So it comes at its own pace for everyone. And I can't necessarily expect 
a student who, say, might be reading two grades below their grade level to meet the standards right away because it's a process. And my hope is that I'm just going to build off of their strengths, passions, and skills for them to grow as readers and writers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Do you think that if they if they do set a goal that is, if they are reading a couple grade levels below and they set a goal that's more at the lower grade level, you accept that and meet them where they are? It really depends. Sometimes it has to do with confidence. And I've noticed that some students will give themselves a goal that they've already reached, but they haven't recognized it for themselves. Mm -hmm. So I'll take their goal and then I'll work with them during conferences or in small groups. And I'll like point out to them like, Hey, wasn't that your goal? You just achieved what you wanted to do. Maybe we should set a new goal. Mm -hmm. And I'll really let them have that ownership over their own reading or writing so that they will feel comfortable creating more goals moving forward. Oh, I love that. That's so great that you pinpoint it, that you know that they've met it, but you need to point it out to them as they're doing the work. That's great. So they can see it. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. So if you work with the whole class, which you did last year, Mm -hmm. how do you set goals for reading or writing with a whole class? What's your process there? So last year I worked with a whole class. Now Mm -hmm. I work more with smaller groups, but even so, I think it's important that we have like our group goal or like as a full class, we would have a full class goal. But for the whole class goal, like it'll be something that can apply for everyone. Like for my class specifically, I remember we had a goal on building our stamina. Okay. So we would work on our reading stamina. But even so, I think it's really important to reach goals with students through writing and reading conferences. So I really like conferencing because the same way reading and writing is really personal for everyone, everyone's goals are going to be slightly different. And even if you find a goal that will be very generic for the whole class, you can still have each student individual goals through their conferences. Oh, that's great. I love that you did that one for the whole class. And then everyone had their own to work towards that. Right. A very generic one. So everybody knows that we're all still working towards something together, but we all have our different ways towards working to that goal. Oh my gosh. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So after you have the kids set goals for themselves, how do you help them work towards meeting those goals? Mainly, I really try to find when I'm showing them strategies or skills, I try to find things that relate closely with their strengths. Mm -hmm. Because before... I'm even their teacher, their facilitator. I really need to know my audience. So it's really important for me to build those strong relationships. And I'll do that through surveys or asking questions. But it's mostly just listening to your students or your children. When you listen to them, you know a little more of their likes, their dislikes. And then I use those likes. And hopefully I avoid all those dislikes (laughs) to find how I can make their goals interesting, how they can work towards it and want to work towards it. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So I'm sensing a lot of you are definitely a teacher who looks, you're always looking at their strengths rather than area. You're always acknowledging their strengths rather than emphasizing the areas that need support. It's really important for me because I feel like I can 
work on their areas of support as long as they're feeling proud of themselves as individuals rather than me pointing out those areas. I do have conferences and I'll let students know the areas that we need to work more on, but I like to really put an emphasis on their strengths so that they feel confident of themselves. Right. Which is so great. Yeah. You're really good at pointing out the skills and strategies that the students already know and that they're already using when they read or write. And you you pointed out that you know how to, you can show them this when you're working with them. And you do this to build their confidence so that they continue to do the reading and writing work. So do you feel that pointing out what they know helps them work towards what they want to improve? Yeah, I do. A lot of the times, anyone knows if they're struggling with reading. Unfortunately for me, most of my students, specifically the older ones, they know that they go to reading for a reason. So I make it a huge point to celebrate all of their abilities, all of their successes in my classroom, because I want them to learn to appreciate every step they've taken rather than looking at how far their finish line is for their goal. I make them reflect on how much they've grown. Mm-hmm. Like during grad school, I had a student who he made his own goal of reading books with less pictures because he really liked graphic novels. And to him, his idea of a good reader was someone who could read a book without pictures. And he thought of himself as a poor reader because he liked graphic novels. So I took that strength and we would read short stories with no pictures. And when we were done reading that, he would be able to create a comic strip about what he had just read. So he was able to do that. And then I was able to point out, you made your own graphic novel out of what you just read and you were visualizing that in your head which means you are a good reader you're doing these things that you say you can't do same pictures that were in your graphic novels are just now inside of your brain right. oh that's amazing that i remember that that was such a great strategy you used with that student yeah awesome what do you want teachers to know about setting goals with their students what advice do you have i guess mainly it's Don't be so hard on yourselves or on the students. Like, just remember that reading isn't something that is or that I think might ever be linear. Mm -hmm. You can't compare students to one another. You can't blame yourself for where a student is at. The same way students, we are setting goals with our students for themselves. We need to set goals for ourselves. And just the same way they need to reflect on where they've grown, we need to reflect on that, like how far they've gotten rather than where they're expected to be. We need to really acknowledge how much they have grown. That's great. And what about for parents? What is your advice for parents about setting goals with their children for reading and writing? I would say definitely to let the children be a part of their goals. Let them have a say and definitely let them know their areas of need, but constantly remind them of their strengths, make them feel good and make the reading and the writing fun, like coming to their classroom and reading out loud, showing interest in whatever they were reading or writing or even doing things together, whether it's reading a book together before bed or writing a story together, writing a recipe together and not to really like force them to do anything on their own because it's really instilling that passion to want to read. And as long as they're reading, they're going to develop their skills and strategies and it'll become easier to them the more they read. Right. 
Oh, that's great advice. Awesome. So is there anything else you want to add about setting goals with kids or supporting kids with goals? My favorite part of setting goals is just reflecting back on those goals. So like, don't just set the goals and forget about them, but like reflect on those goals. Maybe if it's like a month later and just be like, Hey, let's look at those goals and let's see, like, do you think you've mastered that? Do you think like how much closer to this goal are we? What else should we do to work on this goal? Or is it time for us to set a new goal? Just always to remember the goals aren't just there and you forget about them. Just always go back and reflect on them. Oh, awesome. That's wonderful advice. So before we end, I like to end on a positive note. What is something going well for you in terms of your teaching of reading and writing or your own reading and writing? And I can go first too, <laughs> so you have a minute to think about it. Building off of your, you know, following your kids' interest and, you know, reading with your kids at home. So right now I'm reading the Humphrey series with both of my daughters. My older daughter, who's in second grade, really is enjoying this series. And my younger daughter actually has a classroom pet who is a hamster named Humphrey. So she's been joining in. The series is by um, Betty Bierney. And I had never read these as a kid because they were not out. (laughs) And it's a series about this classroom hamster who helps his classmates out when they get into tricky situations. And oh my gosh, there are just so many wonderful lessons in each book. The author, Betty Bierney, does such an amazing job of writing situations that kids actually get into. It's amazing. And they stand the test of time. I think the first one was published in 2005. And she provides really realistic solutions to the problem. So my older daughter's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. It's great. And it's just been really fun to see how they're reacting to the books and they just want to keep reading the book series, which is great. So I highly recommend them. I I think the second book in the series about uh, Humphrey finds there's a new class pet that's added, a frog. That one should be a required reading because it's so so well done. (laughs) Oh, I have to look into those. I haven't read those yet. I'd highly recommend them. I think your students, the older students would like them. Even, I mean, my kindergartner really enjoys it, but this, again, it's building stamina. Right. Yeah. 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 But it's definitely a fun series to read. It's been fun to see their reactions. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess for me, one big celebration for me was actually Mm -hmm. on Friday. I have this one particular third grader. And like I see with a lot of my students, they lack a lot of confidence is what it is for them, especially by third grade, because they're very aware of their surroundings and stuff. And the only thing for me is that this student is the only student who will directly tell me constantly, I can't read. And it always breaks my heart. And we've been working on CVC words and rhymes and families, and we've been working on a certain family and we were working on sight words. We do this boxing activity where they punch out their sight words and we finally got to the decodable text and we read it and he just looks at me with a smile and he's like, I don't know how I did that. I can't read. Oh my gosh. And even after that, he was still saying he couldn't read. And I was like, well, what just happened in the story? And he was able to tell me everything. And I was like, how'd you know that? And he's like, cause I read it and I didn't have to say a word. I just looked at him. And you could see like how proud he was of himself. And that was 
a big oh celebration. Yay, that's amazing. Yeah. Such amazing news. And he yeah. had to be so proud of himself. So proud of himself. And he's constantly saying he can't read. We walked out of there and we were like just chanting, I can read, I can read, I can oh my read. Gosh, that's awesome. Oh, good for you and good for him. Yeah, it was really good. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking about how you do this work with kids. You have such a nice process and such a strengths-based process, which I think is so important. Thank you. Yeah, it's really important so that everybody's confident in their own process. And it's just, I need to make sure that like my students are never comparing themselves because I feel like that's a big thing for them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Talisa. Thank you for having me. Well, that was a great conversation with Talisa. She is so knowledgeable about meeting kids where they are and helping them grow as readers and writers, and she is so positive in her work with kids. I hope this episode was helpful for you. Well, I hope everyone had a wonderful holiday with your families. I hope everyone has a great start to 2023, and I'm looking forward to lots of fun episodes in the new year. I'll be back here in two weeks, and I have another very fun interview for you. Until then, Happy New Year! And that's it for this episode of The Literacy Teacher's Life. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at The Literacy Teacher's Life. My email address is Elizabeth at theliteracyteacherslife.com. Thank you so much for listening. Please tell a friend about this podcast. And of course, you can leave me a review on any podcast platform where you listen. I so appreciate it. I'll see you next time. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.